Hi everyone and welcome again to our home. Uh, this is our seventh edition of Wi-Fi worship at our kitchen table and um, this has been good um, but it's also time for a change. Um, this is our last uh, sermon in uh, the series on the spiritual disciplines and um, and so next week we'll begin something new and we'll also uh, try experimenting with a different format and um, we'll see how that goes. But thanks for worshiping with us in this forum and um, we certainly miss you guys and wish we could uh, worship with you in person soon. So let's begin. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we ask today that you would draw near to your scattered people and minister your grace, comfort, and truth to us wherever we are. We praise you, Lord, both because you are all-powerful and because you serve us like a father loves and serves his children. Reveal your servant heart to us today, Lord, and empower us to model your servant ways on earth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing.
We're going to take a moment now and profess our faith together. And before we do that, I was just hoping, Dave, that you could share with us what we're going to be speaking and why you picked that. Yeah, sure. Um, we're going to be reading a few articles from Our World Belongs to God again. Um, and I chose these because they really highlight uh, the servant role of the church in the world. And um, that's what we'll be talking about today in this, uh, the, spiritual di di uh, the spiritual discipline of service. Hmm. And so that's why I chose it. So together, let's profess our faith using these words. Joining, Joining the, the mission, mission of God, God the, the church, church is sent with the gospel of the kingdom, kingdom to call everyone to know and follow Christ and to proclaim to all the assurance that in the name of Jesus there is forgiveness of sin and new life for all who repent and believe. The Spirit calls all members to embrace God's mission in their neighborhoods and in the world, to feed the hungry, bring water to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, care for the sick, and free the prisoner. We repent of leaving this work to a few, for this mission is central to our being. In a world estranged from God, where happiness and peace are offered in many names and millions face confusing choices, we witness, with respect for followers of other ways, to the only one in whose name salvation is found, Jesus Christ. In Christ, oh, in Jesus, God reconciles the world to himself. God loves all creation. His compassion knows no bounds. Jesus Christ rules over all. To follow this Lord is to serve him wherever we are without fitting in, light in darkness, salt in a spoiling world. To follow this Lord is to serve him wherever we are without fitting in, light in darkness, salt in a spoiling word, world. I just love how, how that ends. And that uh, leads us nicely into our discipline today, the spiritual discipline of service. But before we get into a conversation on um, this discipline in particular, uh, we should take a moment to do a little recap on, on where we've been um, in this series. So this Lenten uh, Easter season, we've been uh, in training, uh, so to speak. Um, our goal has been to become more Christ-like uh, through learning about and practicing the spiritual disciplines. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the series, which was a long time ago, so I don't expect you to remember, um, but trying to become like Jesus mm. is kind of a losing battle. Um, none of us, by trying, become more like Jesus. It's a little bit like um, trying to become a really good piano player. Uh, trying only gets you so far. It's important, but it only gets you so far. You need to train. You need to practice. You need to come under a good teacher who will show you drills and skills that you need to master in order to become a good piano player. And it's a little bit like that with discipleship, too. Um, we have to come under Christ, uh, have him show us the way, have, us give, have him give us skills and practices that will shape our character mm -hmm. so that more and more we are able to be like him and do as he did, which of course is the goal of, of any disciple. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that's, that's what we've been focusing on. And together we've discussed uh, a number of dis uh, different disciplines. Yes. Um, we've discussed the discipline of meditation, meditation on scripture. We've discussed prayer, fasting, solitude, and then celebration, worship, and now today service. And there are actually a lot more spiritual disciplines that we can take on, um, but those are the biggies. Those are the, the really big and important ones. And I don't know about you, Britt, but when I look at a list like this, um, like a, a fairly long list of uh, spiritual practices, um, I can feel a little overwhelmed and it's hard to know where to begin and which one to start. Because you can't do them all at once, like it's sort of too much, right? Well, and I think that's actually one of the most important things to remember. The spiritual disciplines are actually not meant to be implemented into your life all at once. And that's, that's just really important to know. Right. It's, it's also important to remember, I think, that, that the goal of practicing the spiritual disciplines is not to just get really good at the disciplines themselves. Right. The goal of practicing scales on the piano is not to get really good at scales. Right. But or not to, to be someone who feels like, oh, I'm, I'm oh a really I, good I just did player. my scales today. Yeah. Or like, wow, I've like, no. I the do all the disciplines. The goal is to have that uh, transform your playing so that you're a more capable player. And it's like that with discipleship too. Uh, the goal of the discipline is to make us more like Christ. And so then, um, yeah, then the question... So that's why we don't just do them all or look at a list and think, okay, how am I going to fit this all in? The question you need to ask is, how am I supposed to grow? Mm -hmm. What's, what, you know, what's the shape of my heart and soul mm -hmm. um, at this time? What does my, what does my life look like? And, and how might, how might God be inviting me uh, in particular to grow more to look like Jesus. And once we've sort of identified where the growth needs to happen, then we can pick the one discipline that we are meant to take on mm -hmm. in order to help us grow in the way that we're being called to. Right, like for example, if you're wrestling with fear or, or discontentment, mm -hmm. like it might be a good idea to practice the discipline of celebration um, That's and, right. Or if you're wrestling with um, lust or gluttony or some form of those things, then it might be time for you to think about taking on a practice of fasting. Right, because that practice will help help you move through that. Yeah, the things we're struggling with right. or the things that we're wanting to, areas where we want to grow, mm -hmm. um, they have sort of their, their match mm -hmm. in a spiritual discipline. Right. So don't try to do them all, <laughs> but choose one. Yes, right. And, 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 see, and see how the Spirit uses it to, yes. to shape you and, and grow you. Yes. Um, so with all that in mind, let's turn to our final um, spiritual discipline, service. Service. And uh, I thought I'd go right to um, the classic passage on this uh, discipline where... See if I can find it. It's John chapter 13. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Hear the word of the Lord. 
It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my, my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Dave, let's talk about service. How would you define the spiritual discipline of service for us? Well, I think there's a, a real simplicity to it. Um, in essence, uh, the discipline of service is about uh, using your gifts, your resources, your time, your power, the power that God has given you uh, for God's glory and your neighbor's good. And I think, I mean, this passage in um, John 13 really highlights, uh, Jesus really shows us like what service looks like in action. Um, it was Passover time in Jerusalem and Jesus has this, he, he knows that, that his hour has come and that the time of his crucifixion is near. And so knowing this, he, um, he gathers his disciples to himself. Uh, he takes them to a special place and they have the Passover together and um, he teaches them. And one of the things he teaches them is about service and that's his first, uh, the first thing that he does. And he doesn't just tell them to serve one another, he shows them what service looks like mm -hmm. in action. So um, what you need to know uh, about the context mm -hmm. here is that first century people walked around everywhere in sandals and the roads were dusty. They also ate reclining at uh, tables. And so you can't just hide your dirty feet under the table. Uh, this is a real problem. And so foot washing was a common practice. Um, and the person who did the foot washing 
in the house was the lowest servant, the one with the least amount of status. Because um, no one wanted to do it, and it was a very um, just reserved for the you know the lowest people, basically. In fact, some of the literature even suggests that um, like Jews weren't supposed to inflict this kind of service mm. upon one another. Um, so you can start to see, you know, what's happening here in the scene that none of the disciples want to take on the role of the lowest servant in the house. And maybe they're just even, well, we don't, no one here is going to do it and we're not supposed to do it, inflict this upon each other. So I guess we'll just eat our meal and without having our feet washed. But then notice what Jesus does, right? I mean, he without really even giving much introduction. He mm -hmm. just, he gets up. He just does it. He takes off his robe, he puts on a towel, and then he goes around the circle and, and he washes his disciples' feet. So it's just ironic and, and, and well, very powerful really that, mm. that the one with the most authority, I mean, uh, it even says that, you know, in, um, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, mm -hmm. for that is what I am. Right. But and it this says is what earlier that um, Jesus knew mm. that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Mm -hmm. So Jesus knew himself to be the one in control of everything. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, you know, his first act is to disrobe. Mm -hmm. and wash his disciples' feet. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can, you know, Peter does not like this, of course, because his understanding of authority and power and what a Messiah should act like is totally different. And so he, he balks at this and say, no way, this is not happening. But Jesus knows who he is and he knows what he must do. And he knows that his mission is not to serve himself, but to to offer his life to glorify God mm -hmm. and to uh, serve his neighbor mm -hmm. and to save his neighbor. So there's a few things going on in this passage. Um, mm -hmm. My favorite part about it really is um, how this highlights just the servant heart of God and of Christ. Because mm -hmm. um, it really captures the gospel, mm -hmm. the picture. So mid-dinner, Jesus takes off his robe and puts on a servant towel. Or if you think about this in the context of the gospel, it's mid-history that the Son of God enters into human form. Yeah, takes off sort of the all that comes usually with divinity. Divinity. And, and becomes, takes on humanity. Right. Puts on a servant towel and Jesus assumed the, the form of a servant and he humbled himself to the lowest mm -hmm. place, you know, to death on a cross. Mm -hmm. And um, Jesus, Jesus cleans his disciples' feet in the room and then on the cross, Jesus cleanses us from sin. So it really, in picture form, is it prefigures uh, the work of Christ on the cross. But then it also is just a powerful example about the kind of ministry that Jesus is inviting his disciples into. And Jesus just drives this point home at the end. He says, um, he says, um, I've, I've done this to be an example to you. I mean, the disciples are all kind of wondering who's going to be the greatest in the room. You know, who's going to be the one with the most status, the one who's going to sit 
to the right or the left of Jesus. And Jesus says, not in my kingdom, no way. Whoever wants to be the greatest must be the least. I have set this example for you. I have washed your feet. Now you are to wash one another's feet. Um, so that's the model for, for leadership in the kingdom. And uh, the model for living in the kingdom. That's right. Service. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the discipline, mm -hmm. service, and that's the background for it. I'm wondering what service looks like in action. Like, how can we incorporate it into our lives mm -hmm. as people who are following Jesus and want to be like him? Yeah. I think well, we're going to get to that. I think before we do, it's important just to highlight that service is can be fraught with... Um, mixed motivations or, hmm. or impure motivations. Um, there's a difference between true service as Christ showed us and maybe hmm. kind of like a self-centered or a self-serving service um, that is also po possible. Can you talk more about what... Selfish service? Selfish. Yeah. <laughs> what selfish service might be and like how that's different than true service, like what Jesus yeah. is actually showing us here. Yeah, and it really has to do with um, your motivations and the end for which you are serving. Mm -hmm. So for instance, um, say I have an end goal of being like a, having a, a high place in like, maybe I want to be a judge like, like in Canada. And so I, I know in order to become a judge, I need to have sort of an impeccable public record and say community service hours, like if I volunteer a lot in like a community center, that would look really good for getting me into law school. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, later on people will look, look, he's, he's involved in the community and we should nominate him for this position of, of power. And so on the one hand, yes, I'm serving in my local community, but I'm doing that with the end game in mind mm -hmm. of, of something for myself. So I'm serving for the sake of building my career. Mm -hmm. I mean, and others, that's one example. Others serve in order to gain power in relationships or in a community. Mm -hmm. So they, they serve in order to create debtors, people who kind of owe them one. And those debts can be called on mm -hmm. um, in arguments or disagreements that can be leveraged. So sometimes, you know, if you're in a heated discussion with someone, they'll say something like, you know, after all I've done for you and, and this is the way you treat me. That's a little bit of a power play, right? Like, mm -hmm. I've done all these things for you. I've really given a lot of money or I've served you really faithfully. Now you do this and it's like meant to make you feel terrible. And it's also then like, well, why, why did you serve me in the first place? Is it just mm -hmm. so you can kind of have that one up? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's another example of, of selfish service. And then finally, there's, um, there's the kind of service where some people really, we'd say, oh, they're such a servant. You know, they just do everything. They're always there. They're always helping. And often that can be motivated in, you know, by, by good motives. But sometimes it's people serve because they're, they're lacking something in themselves. And they need that applause. They need the affirmation. They need that affirmation. That being a giver mm -hmm. can often give them. And if they're not serving, they feel empty and uh, 
worried or worried that they're not self-conscious or um, exactly like they, they you know they lack self-worth and so so that's service for the sake of yourself too although mm-hmm. you know often it comes disguised as looks like they're very interested in others right but it's but there is sort of that selfish motivation of sort of gaining a sense of yeah. appreciation and affirmation and so true, true service is, is, is different than that. Um, it's motivated by love and, and not gain. Um, it's, uh, it's generous and it's not calculated. Um, and it serves mm-hmm. because, you know, there's just, there's a need that presents itself that needs to be met. And even if it's done in secrecy right. and no one sees, right. you know, but you still do it because that's the right thing, you know, or that's mm-hmm. the servant thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how this, I, this is a very important distinction. I think mm-hmm. I'm wondering how we can fight, um, the temptation to selfishly serve in favor of true service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, in many ways, we're a mystery to ourselves, right? And yes. our motivations aren't <laughs> always plain, even to ourselves. And right. we, we don't always know why we do what we do. Um, and so, to be honest, it, it starts by simply asking the Holy Spirit, I think, to, to shine a light upon us mm-hmm. in our heart. Uh, what we're, why are we serving? What's, what's the root there? Um, am I doing this for holy reasons or sort of self-centered reasons? And then in that, I do believe that the Holy Spirit will point things out along life's way and say, wow, David, you're, uh, you were doing that to build up your own reputation or whatever. And then when that's brought to light, there's that process of wrestling with that, repenting of that, receiving forgiveness in Christ from that, and then finding ways to move forward in, in yeah. true service as opposed to... Um, Falsely motivated servant service. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's the it's the blood. I mean, we need to be washed. Yes, right? we do. Like we need to be washed by Christ and healed of our selfishness. That's yeah. that's that's at the at the root here. So then, back to the original question: What are some concrete ways that we? can mm-hmm. practice the discipline of service. Yeah, I think uh, I always say, yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. It's fine. Uh, I think, <laughs> um, well, it's important just to remember the, our servant vocation in the world, that we are Christ's servants and we are called to serve him wherever we are in whatever career, in our neighborhoods, in our families. Like this is the calling of the Christian. I have served you. I've set this example for you, says Jesus. You are to serve one another. Um, When I think about the scriptures, when I think about an example of this, I was brought to uh, a story in Acts 9 where there's a woman named Tabitha, also called uh, Dorcas, which is an unfortunate name. Um, But but she... uh, she, if your name is Dorcas, he apologizes. Yeah, it's, well, whatever. We're not, we won't get into it today. <laughs> but uh, 
she she cared for the poor and it says mm. that you know loud and clear and one of the ways she served and cared for the poor was by making them coats and so when she tragically dies mm. all these widows are basically surrounding her and they are all wearing coats that Dorcas had made for her for them mm. and i'm just like wow like that is so cool to see someone Living out of using their gifts hmm. to uh, do God's work in the world. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about worship last week. Yes. And one aspect of worship that we didn't talk about was how our life can be like a song, a right. praise song to God. Right. And when you think of someone like Tabitha or Dorcas, just in her house making these coats all yeah. day long, like that is worship. And service is, is, is an act of worship. So there's, there's that general call and it can happen in our careers. In fact, that's a big way. Like God has given you certain talents, certain gifts, certain capacities, responsibilities in your work and how you handle that and live into that. You can, you can transform it so that it is an act of service to God and to your neighbor. Um, and then being flexible. Yeah, I was just thinking about like the, the daily life aspect of service. Mm-hmm. There's sort of that nine to five, like that realm of our careers or our jobs, like, you know, using our capacities to serve, you know, to serve God and serve those around us. But then there's just that like, like all the other time. And um, it almost doesn't matter like what you're doing with your nine to five time. Like if you're also, if you're not willing Mm -hmm. to like serve your spouse. Right. Or serve your kids Mm -hmm. or serve your niece or reach out to your sibling or notice the need of a neighbor. Yeah. Actually, um, an example just came to me. Um, I think it was last week. I was slaving away in the kitchen <laughs> felt like it anyway the house was a mess and um always I, all, the, all the kids came inside racing inside and you didn't come inside from the park oh yeah and you were out on the driveway talking, this was so funny. talking to a neighbor that's right and it was just pandemonium and i'm trying i had the baby i'm trying to serve the family <laughs> getting very upset about my service and um and Brittany was just merrily outside talking to the neighbor and it took like half an hour, 40 minutes. And I was upset, but, it, mm-hmm. but here's a concrete, mm-hmm. are you going to be flexible for a neighbor who happens to walk by mm-hmm. and take the time to listen? Mm-hmm. Can dinner happen later? Because this maybe is a concrete moment where service can happen mm-hmm. to someone who maybe is in need or just needs someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be that level of margin, flexibility, so that when a need presents itself... Like you can meet it. You can like meet you it. can say... And not say, I'm... I'm about serving, right. so I'm going to do this. And I'm not above this, you know? If that's... Sometimes we feel that way, or it's like, yeah, I'm just not doing that. I'm, I'm above that. I, I don't take the garbage out, or I don't do the laundry, whatever it is. Um, 
But these concrete needs present themselves continuously. Or it's funny too, right? Like we can plan how we're going to serve. My service looks this way. We calculate it. Yeah. This is how I do it. This is how much I give. Mm -hmm. You know, but like there's that, like what's happening in our heart? Like is our, like are we, like, yeah. do we have the servant heart of God? Yeah. You know, like what's happening in a moment in front of us? Mm -hmm. And um, so that's, yeah, that's just one aspect is, is kind of viewing, life. viewing each day as an opportunity for both planned service and spontaneous service. And then secondly, um, we, we should talk about like the discipline of service because that's, it's a spiritual discipline that's meant to be taken on in specific situations to counteract certain yes. character flaws or sins yes. or whatever. This is an important point. And I was thinking about this actually in terms of all of the spiritual disciplines that we've talked about. Like we talked about prayer, for example. All Christians are called to pray. We are all to be prayerful people. It's supposed to be part of our lifestyle. But there's also the discipline of prayer that is taken on in specific situations when we need to deal with something or when we need to grow in a certain way. And service is the same. Like we are all called to a life of service. Like this is at the heart of what it means to be God's people and to reflect God in the world. But there are some of us who are called right now to actually take on the discipline of service because we need to for some reason. Maybe we have like an ego problem. Mm -hmm. Maybe we have a laziness problem. Maybe we have um, like a self-preservation problem. Maybe we have a control problem. Maybe we have a whatever problem. And um, a whatever problem. Well, you know, <laughs> or maybe we Sorry. just like are bursting with this like deep desire yeah. and thirst to grow in our capacity to serve God more fully. Mm. Um, and so if you are any of those things, like taking on the discipline, the spiritual discipline of service might be mm -hmm. for you. And if you take on the spiritual discipline of service, what that simply means is like doing things in secret to bless others, like doing, yeah. doing something for the good of another, mm -hmm. um, in secret. Mm. Well, that can be part of it. If, often if, it is. If that's needed for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Often it is, but it's just doing things for the good of others mm -hmm. in order to grow your character, be more like Christ. Yeah. In order to yeah. practice what Jesus was doing right. all the time. So for instance, for instance, if I was a pastor who had an ego problem, and um, was sort of building my own kingdom and came, it came to light to me, like the Holy Spirit revealed that to me, that, I, mm. that this, was, this was going on in my heart and uh, was Im impacting my behavior. Like one way I could counteract that would be to take on the discipline of serving communion to elderly people with dementia. Right. And then not telling anybody about that. Right. So doing that in secret. And then, yeah, not on Sunday morning being like, oh, look what I did, right? Yeah. Um, so that would be one way, yeah, of just practicing service. So I'm not building up a kingdom. No one's going to remember that I did that, but it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, that's an example. Totally. I'm thinking of a friend right now who um, just really was struggling with, like she was resenting her kids because she had to serve them so much and she was really hating that. Just, you know, it's hard, it's hard. And um, so what she did was she, this is a little bit maybe partly the discipline of prayer too, or maybe meditation, but every time she had to change her toddler's diaper, she actually lit a candle first mm. um, in order to sort of claim the diaper change as an act of service done for God's glory and for the good of her neighbor. So that was just like a mental switch. But she like sort of decided to take this like mm. task of her daily life mm -hmm. and make it a discipline of service rather than yeah. just a task that she hated doing. Diaper changing for God's glory. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's... Yeah, if you think about Jesus washing feet. Hey, like, yeah. totally. This choosing uh, a choosing. role that has no prestige or... <laughs> or like positive it's feedback. It's totally smelly. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, like it just... Yeah, it's, it's a good example. And it's just daily, like that's the... That's the thing. Mm -hmm. That's where it happens. That's where life with God happens. Yeah. So... Maybe I'll ask you this last question. Mm. Um, how, wh what does it look like to practice the discipline of service in our current moment with the uh, coronavirus and, and mm. yeah, just this current moment? Um, that is a good question. And I think that times of crisis can do different things to different people. Right. So um, there are folk out there who actually are quite capable of working hard and doing a lot of service. And um, sometimes moments of crisis like this, those folks can look around, see a lot of people really struggling, really stressed out, and they just sort of want to like... Fix it. Fix it. Yeah. Like get to work, yeah. serve everybody. You know? Um, right, yeah. Like just to the rescue, service, serve, serve, serve. And um, I think like this moment of the coronavirus could be an opportunity for those folks to notice that about themselves and to wonder what that compulsion is, what that does for them, and to maybe take on a discipline of rest, um, celebration, Sabbath, which we didn't talk about. Mm -hmm. maybe solitude, mm -hmm. um, maybe sort of grow in their capacity to relinquish their need to work and serve and let, them, and let themselves be served mm -hmm. by God mm -hmm. and to trust God to do God's work. Of course, um, it is good to have that impulse, but it, it can... You can it's not... Of, yeah. You can over-function. It, it could be a moment, right? Like what we were saying before about the... We don't always understand our own selves. And you could be... This can be a moment of asking the Holy Spirit to just shed light on that, if that's mm -hmm. something that you notice happening in you. On the other hand, moments of crisis and stress and fear can um, also... Like there's another type of person or other folk who see that, experience that, and just close. pull right in, close right up. Um, and self-preserve. Yeah. 
And um, if that's you, like if you notice that you yourself have just closed right up um, in an impulse to preserve yourself, um, then maybe the, the discipline of service could actually be something that you consider that you might be called into and you can prayerfully think about um, in conversation with someone else and with God, like what might it look like for you to actually extend yourself in a time when you might feel the need to close up and not mm. dare serve. Mm. So um, that, those people who are tilted that direction, this might be an important time yeah, to think about. To really think about this particular discipline. How might I practice this? Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think Jesus has something wonderful to say to both people, like wherever you find yourself on that spectrum of how you might be reacting during this time of crisis, you know, to the, to the folk who might want to sort of compulsively help people and fix everyone's stress and, and worries, you know, Jesus sort of can just say, hold on. Right, let me, let me wash you. I have to serve you first. Yeah. Like, let me wash you. Like, that's, that's the only place from which you can serve yeah. truly and mm -hmm. purely. And to the people who wanna sort of self-preserve, mm -hmm. Jesus meets them, us, and says, hey, let me show you, like, take my yoke, mm. hold my hand, like, let me show you how to spend your life and to actually gain it right. as you give it away and yeah. not as you hold it tight. Yeah. So Jesus, I think, really can speak to us wherever we are at mm -hmm. and offer truth and healing and invite us into something better. A good word. Thank you. Well, we should, uh, we should pray and sing. We should pray and sing. I'll pray. Okay. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, um, we thank you for your great love for us. Mm -hmm. In the sending of Christ, Lord, we see your servant heart and your desire um, to lift us up and to make us whole in, in you and in your son. And Jesus, your self-giving love, it's, it's, it's so inspiring as well as just impactful. And we um, take a moment now, Lord, to simply uh, see ourselves as, as washed and made clean by you and served by you. Mm. You are the servant. And you teach us, Lord, how to join you in this ministry of offering ourselves for God's glory and our neighbor's good. And I pray you empower us for that mission in the world. And for those today, Lord, who might be feel called to practice this dis discipline um, in order to become more like you, Christ, Lord, I just pray that you give them a, a vision for what that might look like for them and empower them for uh, that, for experimenting and and, and training in that direction. Mm -hmm. Lord, we just take a moment too to pray for our world. Um, mm -hmm. We think of uh, all that is happening in our own country, Lord. We uh, pray for those in Nova Scotia who are still mourning. We pray for those in, Port, uh, or in uh, Fort McMurray who are flooded out of their homes and 
and it's just a terrible, um, terrible scene up there right now, Lord, and we pray that you would bring them um, relief and protect them from the virus, Lord, which of course is still very real up there too. And uh, we pray um, too, Lord, that a day will come soon when uh, this uh, virus will be um, uh, less out of control and more uh, understandable and um, something that we can engage. Until then, Lord, we pray that you give us patience um, and also the a, a keen eye just to know how we can serve you and, and others in the world. So bless us as we... Um, as we sing and finish up the service and uh, move into the rest of our day. And, uh, and thank you for this, this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. God who's giving knows no ending from your rich and now in the power of God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace now and always. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Ready? First words are always the hardest. Okay. I have to keep stop. I have to stop doing that. Oh, action. Hello, everyone. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't a bad way to start, I'm was sorry. it? I feel very awkward. <laughs> I still feel awkward. After I'm all these years. I'm not. Please do not put this in the blooper reel. Okay. okay. No, wait, hold on. It's just... I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> my face, the muscles in my face are so tight. You have to just let it out once we get going. I know, that's the thing. I felt like I just had some giggles. Yeah. I'm ready to be normal now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We just got our whole blooper reel right there. <laughs> the last two minutes. Please don't. <laughs>